The Staff and Graph Podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. In looks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. Welcome back to the Staff and Graph podcast. I'm Mike Stevens of Sports Illustrated and the Hockey News, and sitting across from me is Rachel Dory, also of Sports Illustrated and the Hockey News, and the future first female GM in NHL history. Rachel, how you doing? I'm good. It's like... The I guess officially a week before Christmas. So, yeah, that snuck up on me. Like that's fun. I am still I guess preparing to go on vacation, although I'm not quite sure I'll get to do that now. So that has me just not angry at all. Yeah, it's been a uh, it's been a week. That's for sure. Um, across sports and life, really. Yeah, um, like, it's, honestly, I feel like people are tweeting out, like, this person has COVID. That Just start tweeting out who doesn't at this point. Like The the <laughs> sheer amount of, like, my I'm, I don't think my Twitter timeline has ever been more just, Dark. like, un, unreadable, based, unscrollable, really, in a very long time. It's, it's, I feel like every time I open my Twitter account... I'm just gonna see like existential crisis happening like I don't know it's just tough like I've 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 got to the point now and thank you to Dom for recommending this I've gone back to using Twitter lists so now like I can curate it and only see certain things so that has really helped my I guess mental health a little bit because if I want to see hockey stuff I can see hockey stuff if I want to see stuff like doctor related that will help curate like kind of like the research that's been tweeted out like i can do that and if i want to just see my friends i can see my friends <laughs> yeah i mean the like the thing that that is to take in you know to take solace in i guess is that it seems like cases here like the like when you actually look at the cases a lot of them are i would say a lot less less intense than yours for, per se um when when you got it yeah i think the thing that I'm worried about is, um, and like, this is just from specifically from a science perspective is like, I'm not the target. Like, do I have underlying conditions? Yeah, I have underlying conditions. Um, but like if you and I get it or like, I don't know, your regular average, like young person gets it, like we're going to be fine. But Mm. our issue is, is it's the holiday season and we're all seeing our grandparents and I'll tell you something for free. If my grandmother gets this, she's probably not in as good a shape as I was. And if if my grandma gets this because somebody else was contagious because they were not safe, they can pretty much expect to get run over by me and my vehicle. Like, there will be hell to oh, pay. Oh, there will be hell to pay. Because I look yeah. at it and it's, you know what, if we get it, like we're, we'll probably be fine. But the problem is, is us getting it and maybe being asymptomatic and giving it to somebody like our grandparents who won't be asymptomatic. And those are the people that will have to go to the hospital. And that's when surgeries get canceled. That's when people who were supposed to have cancer treatment, they lose their chance to have cancer treatment and then they die. So it's not just the people getting COVID that are uh, dying. It's the, the people that also rely on the healthcare system for other things. So like I have to have my heart testing pushed back now. That has a genuine impact on me. Like, the, let's just call yeah. it, it is what it is. And so that's what I'm worried about. I'm less worried about the COVID cases and I'm more worried about the impact of the healthcare system having to deal with all of that extra stuff. Because don't forget, like, it's flu season two. So it's really tough. Mm-hmm. Right. And so now you're seeing like I've seen so many people be like, my mother was supposed to have cancer surgery and she couldn't. And now she's going to die. Like, that's terrible. That's I, and, awful. and this is it, it's not like, you know, because I've lived with it for like, you know, a year and a half now. Like, so it's not crazy. But like, I probably have to get my knee surgery pushed back. Like I was finally going to get my my meniscus fixed. And then 
probably gonna have to push that back because you know it's not a it's not a life threatening thing. So my it's, knee surgery was scheduled for April seventh, twenty twenty. So did you get it? <laughs> nope, it was canceled yeah. two weeks before. Yeah, but hey, look at the end <laughs> of the day, like it 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 could be worse, I guess. Like you know, at least at least the vast majority of the population when they do get it. It's it's lessened. Like when you look at sports, the people who are getting it is lessened, and we're likely going to move to we're gonna likely gonna move towards a, a reality. It seems like because these leagues don't want to pause and and all that. That like in the NFL is already starting to institute this. Is like they're they're asymptomatic players are eventually going to be able to play. That's so bad though. It's it's a terrible idea. It's not good. Yeah. At all. The I but that is yeah like where we're inching towards. Exactly. It's just and. It'll never be allowed. To, like it will not happen in Canada. So like the NHL just won't be allowed to do that because mm-hmm. <laughs> like Canada's already going towards saying that's it. You have to go back to a North Division. So they're going the other direction from asymptomatic players can play. Rachel, if they go back to a North Division, doesn't that put Damian Cox's book completely out of uh, out of date because it's supposed to be a, a wild uh, a, a wild fantastic story about the one year where there was the North Division and then also on the side some live private sex now. Yeah, I don't know. Damian, we never got to talk about that on the podcast. I just I don't way. even want to talk about it. It's I oh, man. yeah no. We I don't even want to go down that road. I people. Would, uh, all I will say is that people who know what I'm talking about, let me just say that was the best day of my life <laughs> when I saw that. That was, I think that was the the happiest I've ever been, or at least I've been in the last two years. Okay, Rachel, we're not going to do headlines. We're not going to do plot here's points. Your, here's your headline. Everyone has COVID. Okay, yeah. moving like, on. What's, like, what's the point? <laughs> you know, like, games are still going on. They're being postponed. Like, even right before we started recording, the Bruins-Canadians uh, game for tonight was postponed. The Habs played in front of... Uh, has played in front of no fans yesterday. Like, just do everything you can to make sure that this goes the frick away. Okay, I'm so sick of this. Uh, everyone is sick of this. Doctors are sick of this. I'm the. I, I have the least. Yeah, think about it. To, if we're sick say. of this, think about how the healthcare yes, workers think feel. About, oh man, think about how nurses, doctors, you know, like even just even people who don't work like directly on the front lines of COVID. Like, phys- like I remember when I was doing physio, like just just the the toll that all this takes on. Everyone. On people like my physiotherapist, shout out Omar. Um, he was just uh, he he was he was taxed. So look, we're reaching the holidays. Please stay safe. Don't be now, an idiot. Bef- before we hop in, Rachel, I do have an announcement to make personally. Now I've been saying for many for for many months, actually almost a calendar year now, that you're gonna get a that- haircut. Well, yes, I got a haircut. Thank you very much uh, for that. It's good. I feel like a new man. He I don't looks look fresh anymore. to death, guys. I didn't like I didn't know what to do with my long hair before. Like I would just like it was so I was I I honestly was like one of those puppies that you find like like stray and you take them to the groomer for the first time and they're like all matted and they don't know what the what the so, hell they're doing. You like, know why I was like such a huge proponent of you getting a haircut? There are why? two reasons. One, you looked a little like the Joker. Yeah. But two, and this is more important. You kind of looked like Cody from Sister Wives, which is like that polygamy guy. Oh no! And I was like, I can't have this. Like, oh wait, no, that's not the guy who I'm thinking of. Because I was thinking it's of the guy um, that has four wives. Oh, that is the guy I'm thinking yeah, about. That's oh, what no. you look like, and I was like, I need to help. I don't this have man. a goatee like that. That's come on, give me some credit there, but. Because um, you not, have the, the same like, not... facial hair situation going on too, so I was like, this we have got to stop this. Okay, well the the uh, the I was actually like shout out our former sponsor Manscaped. I was considering just taking the the trimmer into the bathroom and, and giving <laughs> myself the old buzzeroony um, there, but no, I wasn't. But my 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 announcement is it's Friday, December seventeenth, right now. And for the last calendar year, I've been saying I've been I've been saying, and then also praying to to whichever higher power there is to say, Lord, just keep me alive until I see Spider Man. And folks, I can confirm that last night at 10 p.m. I saw Spider-Man. No spoilers. It was everything. No, absolutely. Oh my God, no spoilers. I was thankfully. First of all, anyone who hasn't seen it yet, just don't open TikTok. Just don't do that. It, the first thing I saw when I opened it this morning 
was like an entire screen, like like phone recording the movie screen of like the biggest moment in the Anybody movie. Anybody who does that should just literally be banned from social media. Yeah. Like so you're like, actually yeah, not like, allowed. <laughs> this is a warning. If you haven't seen it yet, just don't go on TikTok or see it as, as quick as you can. But I will say I saw it. it is everything I ever wanted. And so now, Rachel, I can die in peace. Okay, well, we're not going to do that. Nobody's dying because I need someone to carry this podcast on when I get hired. Mm-hmm. All right. So, do you have any announcements to make before we hop into the nice list? Uh, um, other than, like, I don't know. I'm alive still. Uh, okay, get this. <laughs> so, you know how I tell, like, I literally, I've been told by, like, five different doctors that, like, I literally cannot get COVID for, like, a minimum of three months and probably not for six Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I woke up and I was like, I'm kind of feeling lightheaded and my nose is sniffly. I'm like, oh my God, do I have COVID again? Like mass panic, like have full-fledged panic attack, like everything going on. And so I'm like, I'm te- like ferociously texting my ex-boyfriend who's a doctor and has like, God bless him, been putting up with me this entire pandemic. And he's like, Rachel, you're literally fine. You're having a panic attack and you probably should take your allergy medication. Did I ever tell you that reminds me a lot of did I ever tell you the story of my my first like 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 documented panic attack? Because it's it's a long a lot along the lines of that where I was I was in the press box at Rico Coliseum. And, oh yes <laughs> and i'd had to walk i had to walk to to the rink and it was kind of like it was raining a bit so i was kind of wet and keep in mind like wearing a suit in an arena and then i'm wet so it's like cold and i'm like just furiously writing something and i didn't realize that as i'm writing something like my suit jacket is like really tight on my left arm okay so can we discuss this because y- Mike has had the same suit since high school. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. Let, let's, okay. For, before, before I finish that story, let me just get into something like this. So Rachel and I, we got professional pictures taken at, uh, at the hockey news, uh, offices yesterday. And, and so I realized in the lead up to that, that when I moved from my old terrible apartment into my new, also terrible one, um, your new flooded is, apartment. Yeah, uh, absolutely absurd. I, I I could have an entire podcast about what has happened to this building in the last you know twenty four hours. But I realized that it was such like a like a I was it was such a rush to move that I just I like I looked at my suits and I just was like, all right, take like half of them home and keep half of them with me. And I realized that I sent the one that I like that fits me that's like tailored that's whatever. I sent that home to my parents' house and I kept the one that I've had since high school. So, just, uh, just, and so, so did you re- throw that one out yet? No. And so <laughs> we get to the, so I, 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 I wake up tomorrow and I'm getting, or tomorrow, I wake up yesterday and I'm getting my stuff together to head down to the office. Cause I spent all day there. Um, I'm doing a stream. Do all, it, it's great. And I realized, Oh no, this suit is from high school. And it wasn't a suit that the suit was too small. It was the dress shirt that came with the suit yes. that was too small. Now, which meant, like, if if I moved, I, I put myself in this, like, I couldn't breathe. I was like, going to say, like, it, let, let's just paint the picture here. Like, I showed up later on. Fresh to death, purple suit, looking fly. Full-blown Hugo Boss tailored suit. Like, full makeup, looking great. And here I am, like, I, I it's so tight on me that I'm sweating. Like, it's making me sweat because my body has gone into fight or flight mode. To, like, suck in your stomach and hold your breath. <laughs> Yeah, and now like <laughs> that shirt was made. That shirt for anybody who knows what my brother looks like, that shirt would fit my brother. And let's just say that Mike has far more muscle than my brother does. It is, um, <laughs> Rachel. It, it 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 was a a ch- like a a teens medium. It was a sh medium. It was a teens medium extreme slim. <laughs> I looked at the the label today. Teens medium extreme slim. You don't fit so like, any I, of those categories, my, sir. My body, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a teen. Nope. <laughs> and probably like, I'm a not a medium, medium either. No, I'm a medium in like real life. That's, like, no, you're not the, a teen medium though. Oh no, no, I'm <laughs> not a teen medium. I wasn't a medium when I was a teen, and I'm not a me. I'm not a, an adult. Well, I am an adult's medium now, but it, and. This and this this shirt, like I I put it on, and I thankfully was able to like you know button up the like the the suit jacket so you couldn't really see it straining to contain my body, <laughs> and like 
My body went into, f- my brain went to flight or fight, fight or flight mode. I started sweating. Like it wasn't <laughs> hot in the, in the, I was just, it was actually was cold. Like, take, exactly. But I'm in there and I'm standing there and I'm just, and my, my brain is like, you're getting like, you're in quicksand. Like you're getting suffocated. It's so like, funny. Cause like he, Mike oh, texted man. me that like my shirt's too small and I thought it was like, okay, like it'll be tight or whatever. Let's just say this. Had I known that this was the situation, I had to pass the Eaton Center on my way to the office. I would have purchased a dress shirt for you. No, it's 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 all good. Like they got taken. They're fine. <laughs> I did miss an opportunity to hulk out of a shirt, which is all I've always wanted to do. Just go and like, oh, have that it thing would have explode. exploded. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was... You would have had to have like eye, eye, uh, eye protection because a button would have come flying at someone. But oh, yeah. yeah, anyway. That was a lot of fun. Pictures, so it was a hectic day yesterday. Oh, it was hectic. But the pictures came out. The pictures came out good for you. Um, I might, you know what? I might get like, just because I'm at the office so much and, St- and Steven's always there. I might get them to retake them for me just because it was, I felt are we gonna, so Are we going to do that with a new suit and dress shirt? Oh it, yeah. You'll do it with the suit that is tailored to fit me and looks good. And, <laughs> there we and go. that I wore every day to office jobs and stuff. It'll be great. But that, holy moly folks, that it was like, like yeah, it was maybe a suit. we want to do that. <laughs> it was a suit that I was like, that I bought like before, I didn't wear this to prom, but it's a suit that I bought like before prom. Okay, so for everyone that's counting, that's about eight years ago. I'm yeah, we're twenty five. Rachel and I are twenty five years old. So that is twenty six next month. Jesus Christ, you're getting old. I know, and I feel old too. Like I, the last two nights I've gone to bed at nine or like eight thirty. Yeah, and woken up at seven, so I've got ten hours of sleep. My body's just like, wow, what is this? Yeah, it's it's remarkable. Anyways, uh, we're sixteen minutes in. we should probably it's crazy i'm 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 doing a podcast with a cougar over here she's uh what three weeks older than me something yeah, like that three like, weeks crazy stuff Cradle crazy robber stuff. for sure i know except for podcasts except except <laughs> i've actually never dated a single person younger than me like it's just a full-blown thing i don't do it really maturity is a factor I, here yeah i've never i've never dated someone younger than me that's for sure I'm a, I we've all we've all been established it's all been established that I'm I'm a uh, I'm a big fan of the older category except my um, sister <laughs> except except Rachel's sister she's the exception uh, to the rule always all right but, let's get on the nice list yeah. I'm sure my sister will find her way onto your nice list so oh yeah she's number one <laughs> Katarina you're you're right right up there nice list everything you do she's actually que- there is good reason queen for behavior. my sister to be on the nice list she's part of like this fashion show at Queens that raises money it's for, insane I'm seeing it for mental health initiatives. Yeah, uh, all, all jokes like all jokes aside, like Rachel's sister is a very cool person, and she's very fashionable. Like to, <laughs> very fashionable, um, and uh, yeah, I'm yeah. So she'll I'll definitely put her on the nice list. Her I'll put her and Logan on the nice list. And Logan, that? yeah, they're, but no, my sister. Can, they're Canada's they're Canada's favorite couple. Pretty much, yeah. My sister's actually like go. organizing a fashion show. She like is the one that curates the outfits, but essentially all. Oh the pro- really? Yeah, she's the one that picks all the outfits and like everything. Um, and she, I didn't know that. Yeah, and the purpose of the fashion show is to raise money for the Queen's mental health initiatives for the students, which is extremely important because Queen's has had, um, uh, yeah, had some some things happen. Maybe U of T uh, could join them in that. <laughs> U, uh, U of T, U of T not on like, the nice list. Oh man, U of T and fashion combined, like no, uh, that that wouldn't work. It just. Rachel, a U of T fashion show would be me. It'd be um, frat boys in in full sweats or a frat boy. Actually, it's funny the amount of tourist pictures that I'm probably in the background of looking like a ghost oh, is absurd. Yeah. Because at, on U of T campus, like people go to take pictures of it all the time, and so it will be. It's so funny because it's just tourists standing in in like the middle of King's King's College Circle. And then it's just like students who are like on the verge of just jumping in front of a car, like yeah. in between classes, and it's just it's it's hilarious. Anyway, nice list. Rachel's sister and and her lovely boyfriend are on that at the top for me. Rachel, you go. Uh, this is Mike and I kind of curated this together, but this one is definitely uh, like these people should be on everyone's nice list. Healthcare workers and medical researchers, aka the people who made it possible to have the vaccine and the people who've been working hard to save our lives and give us the vaccine in our arms. Uh, they're at the top of the nice list in a league of their own. Thank you to every single one of you. And like, honestly, there's no, like, 
there are no holiday gifts or thank yous that would ever be enough for those people. They saved us. They saved, yeah. they, like, they saved like, us. Half of us would probably be dead without them. Yeah. Like, it's the fact that, you know, racial, like, the fact that you and I are able to, well, like, the fact that you're here. Yeah, actually. <laughs> like, I have man, the vaccine that, and I got super sick because I have underlying conditions. Imagine yeah. if I didn't. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I don't want to think of that. So, yeah, there, and just like the health, like, I want to talk about healthcare workers too, because, Though, like the people who are on the front lines, like the ICU nurses, even just nurses in general, anyone who works in a doctor's office, anyone also, who works. Also, anyone, any one of the nurses or doctors that had to put up with protesters outside the hospital. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those people who you will certainly find on a list that isn't the nice one next week. Like we talk about how the, the healthcare workers, like how they have an incredible strength to just like deal with the actual like the strains the strains of the pandemic like on their actual job but then we don't also don't factor in that like routinely they have they have people outside of their workplace screaming at them for doing it and yeah it so is, my ex-boyfriend actually told me that like some of them like tried to follow him home which is absolutely psychotic behavior it's just like yeah so Shout out to all of the healthcare workers, all of the medical researchers that got us the vaccine. Um, thank you so much. You guys are honestly Nobel Peace Prize, like just generally speaking to them. Because Absolutely. I think yeah. if you're a healthcare worker, you should get like two or three free punches on uh, on protesters, like legally. Like I think and you a should raise. enforce that. Well, yes, obviously a raise. <laughs> but like I've been a big proponent of, of like, and I think Steve sort of steve dangle kind of like originated this but i've been a big proponent of it like if i ever ran for office the the pl- the number one platform i'd run on <laughs> that's not like you know i don't care about like transit costs whatever it would be you get one legal free punch a year you oh no punch- like to me i look at it like legal free punch yes per year but i look at it and when it as it pertains to the that particular group of individuals you get kicked in the nuts yeah, or like yeah. either like kick, you just, kick or punch. Uh, you do. <laughs> and I think that healthcare workers, like, with all they have to deal with, they should be able to get like like two or three free punches, like no no assault charges, nothing per day. Per, yeah, per, per day. day. Especially if they try and follow you home, then then you go all friggin' taekwondo on them. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay, so that's those are the most important people to thank because our world would literally not be functioning right now without them. So if you have a healthcare worker in your family. Maybe get them a little something extra this year, like just to show your appreciation. And something I've been doing um, is when I go to Starbucks, if I notice that there's like if I see someone wearing scrubs or whatever, like I'll just say, hey, what do you want? And I'll buy it for them. Yeah, just, just as like a drink. small way to show appreciation. You could do that. It literally will cost you three dollars like and it will probably make that person's day because these people have been like, they feel unappreciated. And so just the smallest gesture like maybe, that, maybe not, maybe not $3 at Starbucks. Let's be real, but no, I, you're, you're hundred percent right. And like just right. something as like coffee, like <laughs> coffee and, and is so important like to, yeah. to functioning in the day that like having someone come, go and be like, yeah, let me grab this one. Like, it's just that, yeah. that, it's such a small gesture on the person on like on the end of the person making it, but holy smokes, like the, the weight that it carries. It, it's remarkable. Um, all, all right, right hockey next, related next up on the naughty list. And this is, you know, the like nice again, list. What right, are you doing? Or, the naughty list. Sorry. Nice list. Nice list. Nice list. This is definitely the nice list. Um, <laughs> it's Kyle beach, like the, the bravest person in sports, like this person suffered for, you know, over a decade for reasons that were not his fault for abuse. That was, you know, levied on him by people who were then enabled to do so and then allowed to kind of skate away scot-free and just like just the bravery to come out and put a face to the story the bravery to just come out and like pursue this at all even if it was anonymous and the bravery to put a face to the story and it has tangibly inspired like a reckoning in the sport well not even just the sport like in in society in in other sports too like you're seeing policy changes at like there's gymnastics ones that went in, but that was probably more related to, I don't know, Larry Nassar. Yes. Um, but you're seeing policy changes in baseball, in 
football. Like, so what Kyle Beach did, I mean, it's like, like it's altering the sports landscape because there are certain things that just are not acceptable. Especially like, like it's so difficult for men to come forward with this kind of thing. It's so like the shame, the embarrassment, like it is, it's why for everyone, this is the case, but like, you know, I can speak from personal experience, like as a guy, like it's, it's hardwired into your brain, no matter how many times people tell you this, that it's it's tell you otherwise, that it's your fault for this. And like, that's just immediately hardwired into your brain. And then Beach also had to deal with that from like licensed professionals telling him that too. And people who are supposed to be support systems around him doing that. And so like, no one, no one does this. No one brings the attention on themselves. No one puts, no one makes themselves a household name. No one puts themselves in the spotlight like this for, um, to gain notoriety. Exactly. Like, like I'm sure Kyle Beach's life has been, you know, turned upside down from this, even in the sense that like, he can't, he probably can't go to like the store or, you know, like everyone's got to bring this up to him. And like, whether they, whether it's well-meaning or not, like even like anytime someone brings this up, it's a flashback. And like, let's say he's at, you know, at like Tim Hortons and someone's like, Hey, you're Cal Beach. Like, just want to say like the bravery you had and all that, like, it's fine. But then that also, which is great. And it's great words of support, but it also flashes him back to it. Like he could have prevented that. He could have, you know, like, and he would have been well within his rights to just sort of like hide away from this and, and try and sort of deal with this privately. And he thought, no, like other people have dealt with this. Other people have been, have you know there there's millions of stories like this that are bubbling under the surface that need a catalyst to come through and he allowed himself to be that and i that is just just like one of the most powerful things i've ever seen and the bravery it takes to do that is remarkable so kyle beach niceless eternally like if i I highly doubt he listens this podcast but if he does like the amount of love and and support and admiration we have for you is is overflowing man like you've done such a good job um, and it, it Especially certainly with, wasn't like, easy. What we have been through as people as well related yeah. to that realm, like meant a lot I to mean, me. Yeah, like I just, I, you can't thank somebody like that um, enough for what they're doing in the world of sport, and just the like. There's so many people that he gave a voice to, and I think that's really like what he did was empowering, and that's. You want to talk about leadership? That's leadership. Like oh, Kyle man. Beach is a leader. I none of like you can talk about captain this, captain that, this, that, the no. Kyle Beach is a leader. We can talk about the captain on the team that was supposed to protect him doing absolutely nothing. Like talk about captain this, captain that. Like Kyle Beach is had to do this on his own basically. No support. Every like every you know, covering this story like pretty intimately, like it, it, what struck me the most and what really weighed on me the most, both as like a journalist and as a survivor, is that, um, like just, just how at every single step that Kyle Beach went to, every level of hockey that he went to, just asking for some sort of support, he was failed at every one. Whether it was the Players Association, whether it was his own team, whether it was his own locker room, whether it was the league, whether it was, you know, the doctors, like it was like the the team physician. It was every single level that or whether it was USA hockey, every single level he went to, he was, he you know, he was let down. He was thrown out into the cold about this. And it's just, you know, just the bravery it takes to after 11 years unearth this again, um, and and be the force of positive change like you know it, it just it's it's indescribable the bravery it takes for that so yeah kyle beach on the nice list forever all right rachel uh katie strang and wick rick westhead for rick rest, their wick resthead yeah that's a tongue twister that for is me. Uh, rick let me tell you you have been you know again one of the most important people in, in sports this year and your name has been plastered everywhere I am so sorry that almost every time I've been told to mention your name for right off the top of my head, I have mixed up the first and last letters. Well, it's of like your names. Blah, blah, blah. it is a time like say Rick West had five times fast. He can't. No, <laughs> but not going to do it. We should, but, we, like, but we they're need reporting, to. Whether you talk about Katie Strang on the Kyle Beach stuff, the USA Hockey stuff, the Arizona Coyotes. Mm-hmm. Um, then you look at Rick Westhead with his, uh, the Kyle Beach stuff, the um, NHL's issue with pain medication. Um, talking Concussions. about 
the uh, concussions, the IOC, and like the political issues surrounding the Olympics that nobody seems to want to be talking about. Um, like you just every day that these two wake up, they are doing the difficult stuff. Like we talk about, you get to work in sports, and it's the toy box. It really is in in terms of journalism. They're like, not in the toy box. <laughs> they're not a part of the toy box. Like I don't think Katie Strang wakes up and loves to talk about sexual assault. Rachel, they're they're in the part of the toy factory where the toys get abused. Like they're literally in the like broken toy factory. They're in that they're in that part of Toy Story 3 where all the toys they're, they're in they're in Sid, they wake up in Sid's room from Toy Story every day. Yeah, like it's not enjoyable and like for them to do it with the like detail and the doggedness is is absolutely tremendous and i forget who did it but whoever questioned katie strang's integrity this year absolutely fuck right off that's the last person you should like you know i covering the the kyle beach stuff like i was i was not the person who was who like was on the story from the absolute start and even then, you know, the, those those months of, of working on that when it was really unfolding weighed on me so much. You know, I, I, I remember, you know, at the end of those days, just going like, holy smokes, my brain is like looking through those documents, reporting on them, you know, like talking to people, interviewing people like this, that, the other, like about this all day was just so my like just just soul sucking. And they have to do this every day. It was nothing yeah. compared to what they did. Like it. it and you know what, Rachel? I was thinking about this too. Like, if they wouldn't do it, who else would? Nobody, because we've exactly. clearly seen that, like, unless they're pushed, um, no one's really going to talk about it. Like, they were the ones on the Pittsburgh story. And, like, it's just... Huh, the fact that they have to do this and, and, and set the example for everybody else... Um, they're doing the important reporting. Like, don't get me wrong. I enjoy talking about trades and stuff like that, but in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It, it really doesn't. And so, um, I look at it and I go kudos to them because they get to work in sports, but they work on the ugly side of sports and that's not fun for anybody. Yeah. And they, and what they do, like, you know, a column about, about the power play, you know, or a trade or like trade targets or something. It's fine. It's nice. It's nice filler, but the stories that have real world in impacts that make change, that's what Rick and, and, and Katie do. And specifically with Rick to do this while, um, and I'm sure it's with Katie too, but just like with, with the Cal beach stuff, we've seen this happen with Rick to do this while like under, essentially trying to be smoked out by the NHL, like by the league. Like he's had to do this and then also like deal with like essentially the entire institution trying to shut him up. Trying and to, kudos trying to, to Pierre Lebrun for being like, yes. uh, excuse me. I was, I was in that, I was in that zoom call, like that, that zoom presser. And a, that was one of the most embarrassing moments I think in league history. And, and there and is no scenario where you should have gotten a question before Rick. Oh, absolutely not. And, I've said this None, before. No was, offense, buddy, but like. Oh no! Oh my God! I, I tweeted that out myself, and like I'll say, I've said this at the time, and I'll say it again. In every other league-wide Zoom, whether it's team, whether it's uh, league, whether anything, they have the queue on Zoom lined up, so you can see who you can see who is, has raised their hand to ask a question and the order of which they did so. This is the only time in that in that state of the union, whatever, with with, with Gary Bettman, the only time that I've, I've been a part of this where I have seen that hidden. And clearly Rick West had asked a question. They tried to smoke him out. And you know what? Pierre, Pierre McGuire, Pierre Lebrun is at the head of the table when it comes to sports journalism. And he used that power as he should have, to advocate for his yeah, colleague. Yeah, like Pierre Lebrun's essentially taken over for Bob McKenzie. It's like Pierre and Elliot. Yeah. And, uh, and Frank Saravalli has pull as well because he's the head of the Pro Hockey Writers Association. And he's actually, like, in the months, like, following, like, once the beach investigation was written about, like, he's done a good job reporting on it as well. Um, yeah. But, like, for people, like, those three to really use their platform in the way that Pierre did, it's really yeah. important. Because that, that, that shows change. Speaking of using your platform... 
I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way from creating product listings to making discount codes to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. Luke Brokop. Um, King. Just, I don't think people can realize, I don't think people are going to realize right now um, just how important of a moment it was when Luke Prokop came out um, and how, and just the legacy that that will leave and the, uh, and like the domino effect that, that will create in, in making a far more inclusive and accepting culture in hockey, because like the bravery it takes for someone of that age in the, in the ultra, you know, masculine bro culture that is, um, that is junior hockey to do that. Uh, to co- like to come out to to put a public face to it, to to make him to open himself up to to you know to criticism to abuse to discrimination you know and yet just do it with a do it with a smile on his face do it proudly and then be supported by those around him like it's in a year of uh, that is, has had so many dark moments like what a bright shining light and on top of that getting a call from Elton John I mean. Oh. Elton John is awesome. Elton John's awesome. And I don't know, like, I think if my phone lit up with the caller ID Elton John, like, well, I think... it's not even Elton John. It's Sir yeah, Elton Yeah, sorry, John. Sir Elton John. Like, like I think Think if, about it. You're getting a call from someone who has been knighted by the queen. I think if I, yeah, if I, if I was just chilling at home and then I looked down at my phone and the caller ID said Sir Elton John, I'd blink and I'd wake up in heaven because I died. Um, in other news, not to mention, okay, so you remember how, like, when he came out, he was mm. like, it's going to be such a weight off my shoulders? Yeah. Can I just read you his stat line from the past couple of years? Oh, hell yeah. Hit me. Okay. 2018-19, 10 points in 62 games. Okay. 2019-2020, 23 points in 59 games. Okay, we're getting better. Okay. 2020 to 2021, mm-hmm. 6 points in 15 games. Okay. <laughs> this year... 16 points in 26 games. Hell yeah, Luke. That is hell a, yeah. That is a jump in production of nearly 50%. Oh, hell yeah, man. Yeah. You get like he doesn't have to hide anymore. He can be himself and he's being and not, accepted by people around him. And and not that this stat is inherently relevant, but in 23 games with Edmonton, he is a plus 22. So he's averaging being on the ice for one goal at five on five per game, like to the positive. That Rachel, is incredible. Rachel, usually plus minus isn't really like a great stat, whatever. But when it comes to Luke Prokop, Prokop plus minus is my favorite stat. No, like plus minus isn't a great stat unless it's that glaring. If you're averaging plus one a game over yeah. an 82 game season, that's plus 82. 
for context, Nick Lidstrom was like plus 467 in his career, which oh, is Jesus like Christ. absurd. What but the like, fuck? that's actually wild. It's so wild. <laughs> yeah, he's so like, <laughs> he's so ridiculous. People don't but talk like, enough about like just a real quick side. People don't talk enough about Nick Lidstrom. Like, no, they really don't. They really don't. He's incredible. But yeah, what we, what an incredible story. Like you could see the weight's been lifted off his shoulders. And because I scout, like I've actually watched him play quite a few times. I think I've watched him play five times this year. Yeah. He looks really good. Where do you think he's going to go? No, no, no. Like he's drafted by Nashville. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, you're right. Sorry. So, I and mean, Nashville wh- signed you, him. Yeah. Where do you think he is going to? So, uh, he's a right-handed defenseman and Nashville um, has shown they're very good at developing defensemen. I'm not sure like where he ends up, but he's really, really good in transition. He's a really good skater. So that bodes like really well. I think he could be a, a, a bottom pairing NHL defenseman if he continues to like develop at this trajectory. And I would love and, to see it. And I think you will like it. Like he's got the weight off his shoulders. Like who knows what he can achieve now with that, with that freedom. Yeah. So that's another guy that's on the nice list. And uh, we absolutely love to see it. All right, Rachel, hit me with the next one. Curtis Gabriel. Mm-hmm. No, our, well, talk our about woke king. Yeah, so it's hilarious that Chicago acquired him because they could use some of that right now. I wonder if that. Uh, I wonder if any any of that factored in. Um, but Curtis Gabriel has been outspoken um, for LGBTQ plus rights, whether it's like the trans community, um, gay hockey players. He's been uh, a Black Lives Matter advocate. He um, is just like he's bringing awareness to things like the Black Girl Hockey Club that get uncomfortable um, pledge, like doing things like that. He's got if you look at his skates, he's got um, like the flag on it. And just in general, like whenever there's a tough subject, Curtis Gabriel always speaks out about it. And he's a fringe NHL player. So if he can do it and is still getting a chance, there is no reason why an NHL star can't do it as well. Yeah, it's... Uh, He's setting an example. He wa- Like, the thing about what I love about Curtis Gabriel is that he walks the walk, you know? Like, there are a lot of people who are, you know, who are on, on you know, in Pride games, uh, you know, beforehand. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, we love, uh, we love the gays, and uh, we want everything to be a, a safe environment, pucks in deep, blah, blah, blah. You know, we're, I'm going to wear Pride tape on my stick in warm-ups when it doesn't matter, then it will never be seen again. Like, I was, I was at... Morning skate when the Blackhawks came back. Curtis Gabriel when he when he just got got acquired and there was the pride tape on all of his sticks. Still, he still does it. He still you know he and he has he, pride skates. He has Black Lives Matter skates. Like uses it in games when actual cameras are being shot, like actual pictures that are being shot of him that will be uploaded to USA Today and Getty and you know like it just like and he's a, outwardly spoken about it like. He, he, like you said, he t- handles tough subjects and I would like, and like that takes, like you said, with him being a fringe NHL, that takes a lot of courage to be able to do that as a fringe NHL. Cause what we've heard is that, you know, like the, the, the main story is that if you're on the fringe of being an NHL, it's, it's like you essentially are just told like your, your mindset is to shut up because you don't want to do anything that could keep you out of the lineup or give them a reason not to play you. Curse Gabriel goes, screw that. Like, you know, making positive change is more important than you know, my spot in the lineup. And so he's, he keeps, you know, saying stuff and he keeps sticking around in hockey. And I think that's, that's amazing. Yeah. All right. Next on the nice list, we're going to, we're going to hit Carrie Price, Jonathan Drouin, Robin Leonard, Simone and Simone Biles, all four being, you know, premier athletes in their, in their field and being extremely outspoken on mental health because. Yeah. Like you look at it, Carrie Price last year in the playoffs was the best goalie by like Mm -hmm. a, Wide Country margin. Yeah. Uh, Simone Biles is. Uh, I mean, the we go. don't even. Need, we're not even having a discussion about that She's the one. Go. Yeah. Robin Lehner has been outspoken on mental health and substance abuse for years now, and doesn't get enough like credit for it. And Jonathan Duran was the first player to step away and say, "I need to go uh, get help for my mental health." Like. Mm-hmm. And he did so during a year when his team went to the Stanley Cup final. Right. That is the like, I don't know if I'd be strong enough to, to look at that and go like, uh, maybe I can go back sooner, even though I'm not fully ready yet, you know, like just so I don't miss. No, but he was like, I need to do this for myself, even if it means missing out on a potentially once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. And for that, like all four of those 
individuals led the way, whether it was like Simone Biles backing out of the literal Olympics, of which she would have won by a, just a landslide. Robin Lehner. Yes. You're, you're a gymnast. Yes. Or you were, at least. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if, if the proper term is once a gymnast, always a gymnast or not, but you were. Yes. How, uh, how long is a gymnast career? Um, at the top of their game. At the top, seven years. Okay. Maybe. How many times do Maybe. Olympics roll around? Once every four. Like, you're yeah. lucky if you get two Olympics. And Simone Biles. So that means that the, the Olymp, like the, this previous Olympics, I guess the quote unquote 2020 Olympics that were held in 2021. Yeah. Simone Biles potentially gave up a, well, let's say, a twice or three times in a lifetime opportunity. To advocate for both her own mental health and the mental health of those around her. Yeah. That's like, let's put that into perspective. And it's not like she was just some run of the mill gymnast. Like we're talking no, she's about the, goat. the greatest gymnast in the history of the sport. Like she's doing men's moves on this vault is a, and floor. This is like it when this is like if Michael Jordan stepped away from the game because to advocate for his own mental health instead of to, you know, because of a gambling debt. This is like we can't put this into perspective. This is this is Gretzky walking away at the prime of the of his and career. And the difference between like those athletes is you can have a discussion. Like I see people debating, and I don't know much about basketball. Like I see people debating like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, like whatever the case may be, or like Gretzky, Lemieux, Bobby Orr. In gymnastics, like there is nobody that's gonna say that someone is better than Simone Biles. Like she is like in a galaxy of her own, and then you put it in perspective that she also had to come out and deal with the Larry Nassar situation Mm -hmm. and being sexually abused by him. So you look at that, she speaks out uh, for mental health. You look at Robin Lehner, who is not only speaking up for mental health, but also for the health of his former teammates and Jack Eichel. You also look at him speaking out about how the NHL handled the Chicago Blackhawks. You look at Jonathan Durant, like you said, giving up that chance to go to the cup final. You look at Carey Price, who is likely giving up his chance to be the starting goalie at the Olympics this year. Yeah. Right? At least when the season started. They're not going now. But, like, at least when the season started, because he said, I need to handle substance abuse and mental health issues. These are all, like, tremendous leaders in sports. And, like, at least where Price and Biles are concerned, like, like really well known and so for them to do that kind of sends a message well if they can do that then i can also put my mental health first it's so powerful and especially like mental health is being um you know it's being there's a crisis going on right now you know we're, we're living in 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 like i hate to use these words but like unprecedented times and i can tell you this has been the darkest period of my life you know a lot of thoughts that have creeped crept in that would otherwise like not to. Um, and it just means so much when you see people, you know, in public, in, in not only like public facing positions, but like at the top of their, of their respective fields to put themselves out there to, to own it, you know, like I, yeah. even though, you know, even though like it's, it's been so, even though the, I, I think the stigma is, is getting lessened a bit. Like, I still feel embarrassed when I talk about it sometimes, you know, like I still feel embarrassed when I, when, when I talk about, you know, like feeling like this and I f- still feel embarrassed. Like I haven't asked for a mental health day, even though there are a lot of times that I probably should have. And I, I would feel embarrassed to do that. And what they're doing is, uh, is they're, they're helping change that. And I think that's extremely important. Um, right. What's the next one, Rachel? PK Subban donating, donating a hundred thousand dollars to the, uh, the fund for George Floyd's daughter. Yeah. I mean, PK Subban, like this guy, like man, $10 million to the Montreal children's hospital. Like he always steps up when duty calls and like, he shouldn't have to be like the black athlete representative for the entire NHL. Like, Mm -hmm. He should not have to be the one that steps to the microphone every single time there's a racial issue. Like, how about someone that's white stands up and says, this is not acceptable? Mm-hmm. 
right? Like, how about how about some of that? How about he gets some support? Like that commercial he's in for Scotiabank is a fantastic yeah. commercial. And I encourage if you haven't seen it, if you're in the U.S. or overseas, like, please look up the Scotiabank. Uh, the Scotiabank, like we this is where we belong. I think. Yeah, that, this is where we belong. Hockey for all. Um, yeah. It's a really well done spot. And of course, P.K. Subban is the front person there. Because he's always the one that is leading the charge when it comes to racial issues in the NHL. He's the one. He's got a fantastic personality. I hope he ends up on TV. Like, him and Kevin Weeks, basically, are the ones that are consistently speaking out. Matt Dumba as well. We covered that last year when we put him on our nice list. But, like, I look at it and you go... This is a player that is consistently shown that he's going to donate to worthwhile causes. And this, I'm sorry, like as, as cute as children's hospital visits are, that's not the same. Like it just isn't. It is not the same as stepping forward and donating millions of dollars to various funds that benefit the underprivileged and people who are going through trying times. Like it's just not the same. And so for me, like, I look at it and I go, anybody who does that, like, I have a lot of time for. What I hope for, too, is that we begin to foster, like, like a grassroots culture um, that will one day allow P.K. Subban to not be, like, the resident black person expert. Yes, that's probably the wording I was looking for. Because it's, see, it's so annoying. And I, like, you know, this is, this happens in media, too. But it's so annoying when an instance of, you know, discrimination or something goes and we go, all right, now let's go over to our resident black person cor- uh, correspondent, P.K. Subban, for his thoughts on that. No, like he, he can't like P.K. Subban didn't ask to be the the spokesperson for all black hockey players just because he's one of the only ones. You know, we, we need to create a we need to create a system that allows more, more minor minorities to to take part in this game. And then to and then those voices will allow, you know, will will multiply because we also have to take into account that it's likely not easy on PK Suman to keep talking about these issues. It's not easy to about these these athletes of color to continually be the people who get grilled on these issues just because that's, you know, that's the group they fit into. Right. Like it's it's a shame. And, and I think we're getting there. I think yep. we've made good strides. But that's that's a world I want to live into. All right. What's the next one, Rachel? NHL players who donated to the COVID relief fund. It's like, I know Jonathan Huberdeau was one of them. Um, I know that there were a few Leafs that donated, like there were players all around the league that were donating to various COVID relief funds. And I mean, when you have like, if you play in the NHL, you have disposable income. Like, yeah, like you have disposable income. (laughs) And like for that, When when I step into water, I get wet. Yeah. Like, Pretty much. And so for me, like, I think that like that relief fund went to helping uh, whether it was research or um, just PPE for frontline workers or um, money for families who had been affected by COVID. Um, So to me, like, obviously, you didn't have to do it. You definitely should have. You didn't have to. but to me, like that's it shows generosity in a, in other people's time of need, and I think that that's a, a positive thing. Absolutely. All right. Next on the nice list is the entire Seattle Kraken franchise. Um, they have done it right from day one, and we're not just talking about their sick ass jerseys and their cool arena and their cool marketing ploys. It's they make change. Uh, we have breaking news. What? Paul Maurice has resigned as coach of the Winnipeg Jets. What? Wait, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. And I got, like, it was a text. Like, it was not a fake thing. Yeah. uh, He has resigned. What? My goodness. He is going to be available to the media? Well, then. Um... Okay, so let's hope that let's hope this is not uh, we only like we have one more thing left on our nice list. But let's just say this. All the best to Paul Maurice. Let's hope this is not health related or anything serious, because I would 
that man is a is a very nice man. I have interacted with him quite a few times, and I just hope it's nothing that is family related or health related, to say the least. Um, back to Seattle, so we can wrap this shit up. Uh, yeah. So Seattle has done it right from the start. Like Mike was saying, like not even just their on ice stuff, but off ice. You look at the the efforts in the community they hired an intersectionality consultant they're giving space to people that generally wouldn't have space in the hockey world um people with accessibility needs they are like they were the first team to put a gay couple on the jumbotron for a proposal like you look at what they're doing even like their work with the indigenous community that is important because what they're doing is they're creating space for fans who traditionally have not had space before Yes, that's a great way of putting it. And so to me, you look at it and like none of us should be surprised that a team that is partially owned by Jerry Bruckheimer is the best at marketing and the best at having all of that stuff. But I look at it and I go, they're doing a better job of creating a space where fans who haven't traditionally been welcome are welcome. And that is exceptionally important. And so to me, that's what lands them on the nice list because they're doing something that other teams are not. Absolutely. All right. And our last uh, and our last nice list uh, contributor here before I have to immediately <laughs> end this podcast and cover this news is uh, ESPN and TNT. Aside from uh, some pretty rancid takes from one particular former coach um, in recent events. It has created talk- entertainment, though. At least, yeah, but we talked about this on the last podcast and where we think that could go. I think ESPN and TNT um, have done a great job of making the game more entertaining, bringing it into into like sort of the glitz and glamour that have you know helped foster the the growth of other franchises. I think it's it's I think they've done a uh, other franchises, other leagues. They've done a really good job with that. Um, it seems like you know at least. At least uh, it, it, to an extent, they, they've, you know, really allowed other people to like, you know, unique and, and talented voices to come through. Particularly Emily Kaplan is now a superstar and uh, is just at the top of the hockey pyramid, as she always Emily Kaplan have. also on the nice list. Yes. So I think they've done a really good job. It's great to see finally like a rights holder, like, you know, just use these rights to to their full extent, like to their full advantage because ES, uh, NBC just had no idea what they were doing with this product. And, and it really held the game back for a decade. And now finally we have ESPN and TNT who are promoting the game, who are, you know, like, pick, like, you know, accentuating the personalities in the game who are cr- changing the, the, doing the different discourse things too. Like we've got, we've got little segments. We've got more, uh, women calling games. We've got like, there's just so much more that's being done, whether it's like, uh, I think it's on the point or to the point that's happening. You've got um, commercials coming out using NHL players. We've got NHL players using like TikTok now, which definitely like that's had an impact for sure. But like you look at it and ESPN, they're doing different camera angles. They've got like they have some and TNT as well. Like there are some kinks to be worked out, of course, but they're just doing different things and they're being more forceful with the marketing of the game and now instead of oh it's uh Edmonton versus Toronto no it's McDavid versus Matthews like we're marketing it we're taking the NBA way of marketing things and we're shoving it into the NHL and saying too damn bad this is what we're doing Mm -hmm. and it's working like it is working you look and you go all of these spots that show uh different personalities of players and and just the interviews like the Max Pacioretty um kind of thing with with Paul Bissonnette like that was fantastic and and so I look at it and I go this has been great and so to me thank you to ESPN and TNT for giving us such a new refreshing um way of covering the game in the United States because that is such an untapped market i mean there are more people that watch bowling in the u.s than the watch hockey and like we need to change that um if this league ever wants to continue to grow and so for me um kudos to everybody at those networks that has done a, a great job in the first half season they uh they deserve a lot of credit 100 percent. all right rachel well that that is our nice list for 
2021. Congratulations to all who made it. Um, and uh, if, if you want to make it next year, do something nice and we'll uh, we'll reward you for it. It'll be great. But this is always one of my uh, th- this and the, these episodes and, and then the this one specifically, the nice list and then also the wish list are my favorite episodes of the year. Love doing them. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just it's great to see. Love doing this with you, Rachel. I want to I also want to say that I want to put you on my nice list Aww. because you've. You know, our friendship has meant a lot to me, and especially during this year, I think it is, is, you know, it has blossomed and grown, and I love that. Yes, I think uh, our friendship continues to grow, and um, I, for one, am super thankful for it. I'm super thankful that you convinced me to kind of restart this show. Um, Thank you for letting me be a part of it. Yeah, like, I think I think it's really grown from, from where it's been, and of course, the last but not least... All our listeners are on the mm-hmm. nice list because all of you have kept with us um, through changing schedules and family emergencies and me being sick and just general craziness. And so uh, we're thankful for all of you. And honestly, big things coming in 2022. So um, let's see what happens. I would like one of Mike's Christmas wishes to come true. And sadly, that would mean that I would be no longer part of this mm. podcast. But... Until then, big things coming in 2022 for the podcast. Hell yeah, brother. Can't wait to announce them. So yeah, that is, that is it. I have to go and handle this absurd breaking news that just happened. Exactly. Um, so it's been crazy. So thank you to everyone. We will be mm-hmm. back on Tuesday with our naughty list. Yeah. And, and you, you know where to find us. I don't have to go do Yeah, we're not doing spiel. that again. But yeah. make sure, wear your mask, get rapid tested before you see your family over the holidays, please. And mm-hmm. we will see you on Tuesday. Love you all. Take care.